Hello and welcome to Between Appointments Podcast. I'm Sarah, your host. I am a hairdresser, a mom, a wife, and a big thinker. The conversations I get to have with my clients when they come and get their hair done are so big and broad and beautiful and they deserve to be in the ears of many. So here we elaborate, we grow, we expand, we have fun, and we riff just like we would if you were at the salon. So sit back, enjoy, and I'll catch you between appointments. Hello, my friends. I am grateful this episode is hopping into your little ears. I am just giving you a heads up that this topic that we dive into during this conversation has a realm of heaviness. Um, I do dive into the subject of like death and rebirth and literal death um, just because of conversations that have come up in the shop. But I wanted to give you a heads up. So if you don't have the capacity or things are heavy in your life, maybe skip this episode or save it for a later time when you do have bandwidth. But I'm so glad you're here and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's me, Sarah, and I'm your host with Between Appointments Podcast. This week has, oh, it's been a week. I mean, I was supposed to launch or release the episode on Thursday morning, and I'm recording Thursday night for you guys, so you're going to get this when it's done, and I hope you enjoy it. I have had a lot of clients in lately because we've been getting ready for the holidays and Yada yada, it's that time of year, holiday hair hustle, hoorah, I love it, I wouldn't have it any other way, I've gotten better as I've gotten deeper into this career with how I set it up, what feels good to me, really having the right clients, like it's just, it gets better every year, and so I really enjoy it, Um, I do get exhausted and it is a lot, but I still really love it at the end of the day, lately it's funny too, because Everyone's coming back after the holiday of Thanksgiving and they have some funny stories. Usually there's something like there's either a funny story or like, I got to tell you this, like, can I please like unload a little bit? And I, I have just learned that I have to kind of prepare myself in the ways that I can to be ready for that because you don't know what's going to walk in every day and you're really there to do the hair. Um, and that, can be the focus if you're the type of size that's like, I don't have capacity or desire to do this side of the work, you can do that. And also like, that's part of our industry and how it started. You know, when, you know, villages and towns were kind of forming across our country, especially New Orleans, like this was something I learned while I was down there. Um, They would go to like these little like beauty shops, if you will. And this was like, very early, like I think in the 1700s. And they would go and the women would get their hair done or whatever they were doing with like the kind of witchcraft, like witch doctors. And they really were like hairdressers, just they didn't call them that at that time. But they were the ones to connect everybody with who and what they needed from help with their crops that are struggling or selling an abundance of jammed, like jam or like jarred goods or trying to get somebody in touch with the right person who has some form of something to help you with an ailment you might have. So there weren't places or Google or Instagram where you could look it up. So you go to this person who had their hands on a lot of different humans. So they knew a lot about everybody. 
didn't mean that they were an expert. They just were a really good connector. And that's kind of where this industry bled from is like this idea of you work with the public, you provide a service, you do have to take care of them. And sometimes it's only about the hair. Sometimes it's about more than just the hair. Most of the time it's both. So this time of year, I like to make sure I can do both the best I can. If I can't, I've gotten much better about communicating it. And thankfully, I have a lot of clients who have done enough of this work on themselves to know how to say like, hey, Sarah, do you have bandwidth? (laughs) Or do you want to go in? Or should we just keep it light and fluffy? And I love it. So just really good communication skills are really showing up these days at the shop and the vulnerability of sitting in front of a mirror with a cape on, I think just like triggers like, well, I guess I can tell you anything because I'm going to stare at myself for the next couple hours while I'm sitting here talking to you. So you get to hear it all. And I think too, like recently, I think there have been in the last week, I think I've had four different clients who don't know one another that we're all leaving to go to like a service or a funeral of some kind. And there's just been like a lot of conversations recently about death in like a literal form because people have people who are passing away and that happens every day, just like people being born into the world. But one guest in particular or client, she she's much older, not much older, but she's in her 80s. And I've done her hair for a very long time and I just adore her. She's got the cutest accent. I've kind of mentioned her before, but she was talking to me because she was headed to a funeral of, I think it was a friend, maybe a distant family member, but somebody that was close to them. And she made the comment, you know, you, I got to look good because it might be the last time they all see me living. (laughs) And like the humor, like I love that we can laugh and like have that because one, it does make some lightness around something that is very normal, which is dying. And also the humor does probably mask some of the insecurities or fears or doubts that we are experiencing. Um, And so it's a good way to deflect a little bit. And I don't think deflecting is a bad thing as long as you're not doing it exclusively. And thankfully, I know her well enough that she's had some really great like heart to hearts with me. So I know she's in a good place with it. But I think that that's a really interesting thing to keep in mind as we go through our lives at any age that not that we're dying like for sure today, but like every day we're getting closer to it. So we got to show up, you know, whether it's physically about how we look or appear emotionally, mentally, like whatever it is, like this is it, this might be it. So you got to do that work. You got to make sure you check in with yourself and worst case scenario, go get your hair done because you'll feel better afterwards. Um, But yeah, so it's been interesting having all these people in who are oddly going to all these similar events and just kind of exchanging like their thoughts on funerals. And it's very, very, very widely like agreed upon, not just from this last week, but over the course of almost 14 years now of doing hair, um, that we don't deal with death in a very healthy way like (laughs) there's not a whole lot of like how to or what to do like we all know like the standard like you got to get the death certificate are you going to be buried are you going to be cremated what kind of heads like the 
the weird stuff. And then there's like the to-do list stuff of like closing out accounts and moving money, executing the will and going through the trust. Like there's those things. Um, but then there's this other piece of it that like isn't as talked about, but it's like the emotional or the like internal piece of like saying goodbye and like having the first without somebody, you know? So it's like the first holidays without the person. And I have said over many years that I think people who pass around the holidays kind of give you a backwards gift because you're mourning the loss of them intensely because it's so like it's right then it's new it's fresh and it's around the holidays so you kind of are mourning them being gone like simultaneously if that makes sense where other parts of the year are never like easier or harder but different because the grief gets maybe less intense like if somebody passes in January or February or March or the spring and then circle back to like a favorite holiday and it's like their first time it kind of like compounds back in and takes you back a few notches so the stages of grief and just like kind of navigating that there's just not a ton of collective like there are groups there are counselors there are books there's podcasts I'm sure out there but collectively as a culture I don't think that we really have a great sense of like how to do this you know like when somebody has a baby (laughs) for the most part we all know some basic things like the mom's recovering give them food take them diapers maybe get them clothes. Like you do little things to take care of them. And we do those things, I think too, when people pass away. But, um, I don't think that we realize how long that process can be for some people. And so it's like, we just don't know how to check in with each other, have the language around it. And I think just normalizing the conversation about it is needed. One way to do it, like, this is something I, work on very regularly in my own like inner work are like rebirth and death cycles so like if we actually recognized in our day-to-day month-to-month year-to-year lives that we are constantly in a state of death and rebirth that actual death (laughs) maybe wouldn't feel so intense or we'd have a better like reckoning or appreciation for the process of arriving at that stage of our existence and so it's it's changing a job, it's moving, it's starting a new relate or ending a relationship or, you know, becoming a parent. Like there's different things that we all go through and very like losing weight is one too. Like that is like a huge one, I think, that is massively looked past. But we're constantly going through these cycles every year, which ties back into like the seasonal stuff I love to talk about with coming home. But we're in these patterns of like rebirth and death, rebirth and death. And so if we were more openly discussing this as we were going through it, or we could just kind of see it in people's lives as it was happening and just in our own ways, in our own abilities, show up for people or be a little tender or kinder or supportive to people without them even asking because you can see like this is happening in their life so I'm gonna I'm gonna show up for them silently 
or I'm going to say something and say, Hey, I want to show up for you, you know, like just making that gesture. But you know, it's like the saying goodbye to something that was is something we really aren't, we really aren't doing collectively on an open level. Like I'm going to use the weight loss thing in a job example for just reference in this conversation. But, you know, when somebody is going through a weight loss journey, we're seeing them go and like, you're going to go and do, and you're starting new eating habits and you're going to lose weight and you're going to feel good about the way you look and your body's going to feel like it can move better. It's healthier, stronger, whatever the story is. And in that process, you're also no longer doing a lot of things that you used to do probably like emotionally eating or shopping at the grocery store and seeing that checkout person that you used to see or going to those restaurants every Friday for happy hour like those little things that you did to kind of live your life before you started to make this change like you didn't really get the chance to say goodbye to you know I mean maybe some people do but I think in general, it's kind of like, oh, I need to do this. And it's like, you know what? Like you do. And also like, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm, I'm having a hard time no longer living my life in that pattern, which I know was unhealthy or less healthy or not as budget friendly or whatever the story was. And I am excited for what's to come on the other side of it, but it's okay that I'm struggling saying goodbye to like an older version of myself. And sometimes like the metaphor of hospice like I like to use or maternity leave and so when you go into like hospice mode you're like and this is like through like experiences I have witnessed I haven't directly had to set this up but I've witnessed it several times and through clients but you find your providers to help you you get the person comfortable you have their favorite things you kind of clear things out of the house that no longer are needed like you just are honoring like what needs to come in to like help you go through the next part and you also are saying goodbye you're having people come to see you maybe for the last time or you're writing letters or you're sharing stories and I think that that's a part of like an example that we can apply to these cycles in our life so it's like okay, if you know that you're going to start this new habit of fitness and wellness and nutrition and whatnot, like, you know what, talk about why you did enjoy going to happy hour every Friday or getting a lunch with a girlfriend every week because it allowed you to have just really good one-on-one time and that was something really important to you and you need to find a new way to bring that into the new cycle that you're entering into. But being okay with like that was that that was a part of me and it no longer is but this is why I loved it doing that this is why I did it work is is like the magic or the alchemy or the medicine because when you understand why you were doing things and then experiencing the rebirth of like what is you can take that why you did it and apply it in a newer model if that makes sense how I'm saying that. So we'll look at like the job example. So maybe you're retiring or maybe you're just looking for a new job 
and you get this new role or you go into retirement and you're just like, yes, okay, let's do this. I got the new job. I'm going to do this. I'm getting paid more. I don't know what I'm doing in this role yet, but I'll figure it out. I'm going to go through the training and it's great. But you just left a team that you loved. You weren't getting paid as much, but it was a role that you knew. You had a lot of confidence. You had the skills to do it. You were successful, all these things. And you knew that you needed to take this step towards something new, which is normal to want to do that. Um, But being able to look at, hey, I, I need to be a little bit sad for a minute and do a little maternity leave or hospice work around this transition of looking at like, hey, I really liked my team because of this. Why did I like my team? Because I could be open and honest or they were all so opposite of me that I learned a lot of different things that weren't even work-related. Um, I really liked that I was there for a long time and I was confident in it. So seeing those things and then trying to apply it in the new role makes it a little bit easier to go into that like rebirth cycle. But give yourself that opportunity to like revisit and like sit and think and ingest it. It doesn't happen in one setting. It could, but it could be like, yeah, like I'm starting this new job. But I'm, I'm kind of like going through like why I gave up what I had and that's okay because then if people saw like, oh, okay, so what was it that you had that you really enjoyed or what won't you miss and having those conversations and normalizing these processes might then allow for your new colleagues or your new boss to then develop you in an environment and in a way that is more supportive so that confidence comes in stronger in this new role. So these two examples of like the health, the nutrition, and like the job are just examples, but this literally is applicable in so many scenarios. And so in, you know, the world, we have this idea of like hospice and maternity leave And when we go into like maternity leave topic, like you're nesting, you're in your home and you're maybe stockpiling food in the freezer. You're calling and telling people like, here's the plan. Like if I go into labor, I need you here. I need this there. Like I want it like this. You pack a bag, like you have things prepared, you're nesting. And so in the same form of like, using this in a metaphorical way, like allow yourself that like maternity or nesting like phase during the death because you're saying goodbye to something. And when you create that comfort of things that like give you added security, when you're saying goodbye to something that you used to be or did or loved and were and are stepping into something unknown during the rebirth, it gives you comfort it gives you safety it gives you security and every single person deserves that so this is my riff (laughs) we should normalize death by talking about rebirth and death cycles during our lives and I like in full transparency and definitely entering into one I know in the winter time I'm always going into one just because of the seasonal part of it Um, a lot of people think like, oh, it's the end of the year, new year, new you. (laughs) And I hate that phrase because 
Um, I don't, I don't believe that it's like, okay, new year, let's go. I actually think you start these things like in the spring. So really like when you're going through this time of year, even at the new year's like you can celebrate and say goodbye to things, but it doesn't mark that like the next day you need to have that pressure of like start today. Like you can, but you really don't need to. I actually really subscribe to the idea of like the Chinese New Year, which is usually in February. Um, there's just a longer history with it. Their calendar is just different. And it really, it just links better in my mind with pre-spring like energy. So it's a little closer to that. Gives you time to like kind of set things up. And then spring's a great time to like do some of this work. But anyways, this is such a big conversation. I'll probably continue to talk about it. I did not know when I started the podcast, I was going to be talking about death so much, but I guess it's just something I'm talking about. So hopefully this wasn't like a triggering conversation for anybody if it was, but you know that somebody wants to share it, maybe like preface that I'll probably record a little like message at the start of the episode. Um, now that I'm thinking about this, so I'll do that and then you guys don't have to be like, hey, heads up, this might be heavy subject matter. Um, but in another form of this conversation, it was interesting because like on the topic of death, like I had somebody in my family recently reach out and ask me about like intuitiveness and like if it like runs in our family and if I have it, if like other family members that we have in common have it. And it was a very welcomed conversation because I love that topic and I was so pleased that they felt safe enough to come and have that conversation. So that was quite a compliment to me, which I was happy about. Um, but what I was explaining to them was, you know, intuitiveness is something we all have. Genetically, if you have a family member who does work in mediumship or is clairvoyant or clairaudient or one of the clairs like your genetics then are going to have a little bit like higher frequency if you will towards those things but anybody has the ability to flex those muscles and lean into it we all have access to it it's not like there's one person who's more or like there's only one or two people in the world who are given these gifts. Like there are some people who just have ties so deeply genetically that theirs maybe do come out much more powerfully than the other person than other people around them. But if it's something that is like in your back of your mind or in your heart's desire to like lean into, it is something that you have access to. It's just how you choose to go about it and learn about it. You really need to be mindful you need to be safe you need to be ethical and you need to have support and different skills to help yourself stay grounded and protected and doing the work in a way that you know is inflicting any harm or you know adding into any any transmuting of things it doesn't need to be transmuted from one realm to the other but it was funny because I had just ordered the day before this family member reached out to me this book. It's called Take Back the Magic. And it's conversations with the unseen world. And a newer friend to me, um, she recommended it. It's really about um, death and rebirth cycles, but also about like talking to the other side. And I think 
like normalizing again these conversations makes it easier for us to embrace death. Um, I know a lot of people in my world and just clients over time that they're like, oh, like whenever I see this, it makes me think of this person. Like, for instance, like my husband, his Grammy, like she passed away and she always visits us in pennies and we find them in like, you know, normal places like parking lots. And then also sometimes we find them in like the oddest places and I didn't know his Grammy, but she does like show up in her own little way very regularly, even with me. And it was, this is a funny story. This is a side story, but we relocated the studio in 2021. So 2021, we moved the week that we moved. My grandfather passed away. So it was chaotic. We were supposed to move, set up the shop, come back and it was just, it was such a stressful week. So we got back from the funeral in Idaho, came back. My good friend, she helped me set up shelves. My brother and my dad helped hang the big cabinets. Parker helped like move all the boxes. Like it was a very group effort. And so I get everything dialed. I turn out the lights. Like I cleaned everything. So it was ready for day one, the very next day. And I was the only one in the room, like, there's not anybody else who had access to the room that night. The next morning I come back and there was a penny in the shampoo bowl sink, like in it. Now I cleaned it the night before there was no penny there. And if I had heard like something drop, like as I was cleaning it, I would have, but there was no way for it to drop. So I don't know how the penny got there, but it got there and it was like the most comforting little arrival on my first day. Cause if you're a hairdresser, you know, like when you're in a new space, it's kind of like riding a bike for the first time or like after a long while. And so it's like, where's the break? How do I do this? And it was like, she's, she was like welcoming my grandpa who had passed away as after like going to his services in Idaho that week. And then we came back and I was being told like, you're right where you need to be. Like, good job. We're here. We're watching you. And it was so sweet. But I hear stories like that where people have like family members who show up in different forms. And I genuinely believe that that's like them communicating to us. And so this book, Take Back the Magic um, by Perdita Finn, she's actually an author that's written a lot of children's books. So she's not so like, woo woo witchy crazy like if you she's very famous actually she wrote take back the rose which is about the rosary but I definitely would recommend this book I haven't dove into it yet but I think if this is something that is like pinging you like read it it's fun it's not a ton of pages like how many pages is this it's like 200 pages guys um hopefully I can knock this out in the next little bit but um it was just interesting that I had this conversation with a family member and then the very next day, like this book I ordered showed up. So now I feel like maybe I should just gift it to that person for Christmas. <laughs> That's trickling in right now, which would kind of be sweet. Um, so yeah, the take back the magic conversations with the unseen world. It's really about like life and death cycles. It's connected to like our conversations with things beyond, but not in a scary kind of way. It's very, well-written. Um, and I think there's just some timeliness to all of this that 
having the awareness of is part, it's like the first step of like, okay, I see this. This is all kind of coming in at the same time. Now what? And so hopefully this conversation today landed in a way that makes you think broader or maybe it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't been doing any of this stuff and you feel insecure and I don't want you to feel that way. I want you to honor the fact that you get to maybe see other people around you and you have the awareness of maybe what they're going through in a more intense way and that you at least know how to show up for them if it's not something that you're doing in your own personal work. So don't feel overwhelmed like you need to do these like big death rebirth like cycle awareness like programs but know that having these conversations I truly believe is what's going to change how we do death culturally how we show up better for people in transition and how the world could hopefully have peace someday because we're just better communicators we're not meant to come onto this earth to experience like fear, anxiety, stress, overwhelming. These are not emotions or feelings that we should be living in or like having to like meddle with on the regular. We're really meant to be here and feel safe and joyful and happy. And that's my hope for you. So I love you guys. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to rate, review, follow and share this episode with somebody you think would enjoy it. If you want to dive more into this conversation with me, let me know because I would love to. I do have the ability to do like one-on-one work with people. You can do that through um, my link in my Instagram bio. You can go on there and schedule a one-on-one call or we can just riff a little bit in my DM. So hop on over there. It's at Between Appointments Podcast. Or you can go to my personal page at Ra, R-A dot R-A, Ra Tovi. And I would love to connect and get to know all of you more and more over time. Thank you guys. And I will catch you between appointments.